Um, okay, so um, just to recap what we talked about last week, just shortly, for um, some of my family members that were traveling um, and uh, uh, not here last week. So, um, and just for everybody. Um, uh, so we, we talked a little bit about, you know, what... Uh, what what could be seen maybe as somewhat of of, of a of, of a problem in in Christian thought uh, and not even in Christian thought but outside of Christian thought with regarding the idea that 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 going to heaven and especially going to heaven and avoiding hell is kind of the the uh, the apex of of of, of the uh, of, of salvation history, like you know, that's what everybody is is about. When I had everybody, when I had uh, 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 Jack, have people write down what the good news was. Almost everything was about heaven, and I want to make this clear to y'all as I did last week. Uh, that's not a wrong statement. The, um, the Bible talks a lot about heaven and the and how it's a future hope for, for Christians and, and things of that nature. So I don't want anybody to think that that's not the case. What I am uh, challenging and what I am suggesting is that uh, in, in Christendom, uh, uh, throughout Christendom, and even again in... in amongst unbelievers that it's in, it, it's an incomplete idea of what God's purpose is um, throughout all of scripture um, the idea that you know it's it's all about me getting into heaven um, there's more more to what God has in plan uh, for mankind and creation and that's something that we'll talk about next week when we talk about uh, what I plan on doing hopefully next week uh, is is talking about uh, the Old Testament hopes of of the kingdom, um, the 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 uh, you know what were the, the the Israelites looking for, and then at some point I don't know what the next one will be, but but the last two will probably be about kingdom ethics. Once we understand what the kingdom is, um, what 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 are some of the ethics that that describe the the kingdom. And again, I, I could do a whole 12-week class on kingdom ethics because there's just so much there that we can learn. Um, but I just don't have that amount of time. So I'm trying to split split it between, well, what is the kingdom of God and uh, what does it mean to us? And, and, and again, what, what, is it, what does it mean to be to participate in that? Um, we also talked about, well, we haven't really gotten there yet. We talked about the kind of the problem and... and uh, and what happened in in the garden, and we talked about how um, what's really been lost in 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 the the, the garden when when uh, Adam and Eve disobeyed was, uh, in in a sense, God retracts his lordship over creation. Well, not that's another aspect that's kind of hard to explain not com- it doesn't it doesn't appear that he does so completely but when human beings rebel against god god allows them to do so and and thus for paul that we looked at a little bit all of humanity is under the power of sin um, and we'll talk a little more about it in the future but for him it's not as though there's two doors and I'm stealing this from the the, the reader or the author that I that I talked about last week. It's not as though that human beings have two doors; they get a choice. You know, I can I can go through this door 
Um, or I can go through this door, um, you know, the door of evil, the door of, of, of the good news of, of God's uh, reign through Christ. For, for Paul, since Adam, the whole world, even creation, is under corruption or because of the effects of the power of sin. And Paul sees, sees sin even, not as I made a bad choice and did something against God's will, but he sees it as a, as a, as a real power that even sin, and this is what Romans 7 is about, that, that sin is, it, it corrupts everything. It, so much so that it even corrupts God's good law. Um, and so that's what we're looking at when we look when, we, when we're starting out looking at what is God's purpose, what is going on here when we when we talk about salvation um, and the good news, because it's more than just the idea of I want to make sure I get into heaven. And uh, so today, what we're going to pick up with okay, we've talked about the bad news. So what is the good news? Um, and uh, so let's do that. Uh, get your Bibles out or your on your phones because we're going to look at a lot of Scripture. And I forgot my glasses today. Uh, I never thought I'd hear myself say that. Um, uh, but you know, I turned 50 a month or so ago with Brent. Uh, I dressed in, in church one day. but um, So we're going to look at, at, at Scripture about what, what is the good news. When I asked that question, or had Jack asked you, what's the good news? Again, everybody, and this isn't just here, this is, it's, it's common. Um, and I would say it's even most common among atheists and non-believers. If you ask them what's the gospel, um, or what's the story of Jesus about, they're going to say, well, from my understanding, he died on the cross to forgive people of their sins. Completely true. Again, not, I'm not trying to push the idea that that's not an important aspect. I'm just trying to say it's not the complete story. So, um, so let's look at some, I'm using the Gospel of Luke because it's my favorite gospel. Um, obviously, in the synoptic gospels, at least, um, Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke, there are reference, references to the same, most of the same passages, um, but we're just going to stay in Luke uh, for now. So, if you'll turn to Luke chapter 1, and I'm just going to let it open like I did last week to anybody, and we'll, we'll go around the room, but again, this will take a, a, a chunk of the class, and then after we're done reading these, we'll discuss what they mean, um, and what your thoughts about, about them are. So, uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 33. Anybody like to read that? And I just don't have the time. We could read the whole, from chapter 1 to chapter uh, 4. Uh, but we just don't have the time, uh, and so I'm gonna. That's why I'm kind of cutting this up. And most of you all are probably familiar with it anyway. So, uh, Luke chapter one, thirty-one verses, uh, uh, thirty-one through thirty-three. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Okay, so there's no mention of the actual word good news here. Uh, but we're already starting to see that uh, that the pronouncements that will come about, about the birth of Christ. And I'm just going to tell you, just as a side note, 
Um, I think it's unfortunate. I don't. I don't mean to challenge anybody who has different beliefs than than I do about this. I think it's unfortunate that we don't make a big deal oftentimes um, about the birth uh, of, of Jesus. It's it's uh, uh, and even worse that not only is it not often not made a big deal, it's purposely not even discussed because we we we. Some 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 people like to abstain from, you know, the idea of Christmas and stuff. To me, I, it doesn't matter to me when Jesus was born, what month he was born in. But it's important. It's important enough to to address it in Scripture, and as as what is what is coming, and what is coming is the good news of a Savior. But what are we? Well, well I'll come back to this. But at least, what are we seeing right here? What 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 are we? What are we seeing glimpses of? What kind of, what kind of talk? What is it about Jesus that we're that we're seeing? I think you talked about lordship the other day of him reigning. Yes, reigning over exactly. So he's going to be the successor to David's throne. Um, and the the main thing here is about Jesus' authority and 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 reign. So again, as we look forward about what is the good news, um, we'll start seeing glimpses of that. Anybody else? The oh. first word I caught as was reading is great. Great? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, there's more to it as it goes down, but that's the first thing that's in, in the, uh, Let me see. Um, let me see. Oh, his name will be great. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's the son of the most high. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, uh, Luke uh, chapter 146 through 55. And Mary said, My soul praises the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Okay. So again, we don't see the word, you know, kingdom of God or good news here. But again, I, you know, in, in the scripture, sometimes, you know, the meaning obviously is inferred. Um, so when, when, at least in this scripture, even though the words, you know, the kingdom of God are, are, are not in there, where it's being set up that this, you know, the, 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 again, the successor to David's throne um, in this kingdom, it's coming. And from this passage here, what, what are just some of the things that, that you, you notice? That you, might, that, that you might notice about that? What's, ha- what's happening? Or what is Mary saying as a result of, of this of this? Uh, individual uh, coming. What? What is? What? What's? How does she describe it? 
Well, it will forever, from that point forward, it will forever be something that will make a mark. And we, we would call it maybe in history, but it, it changes everything. Okay. Well, two things. I like that you said that because um, we're going to see this in, an, in another passage. But yes, it's, it, and this should excite people that, that, that God is, is breaking into human history. Um, I think sometimes when we read the Bible, I, I don't want to project my thoughts onto everybody, but I really do think that to some in, in some sense, we all kind of do this maybe to some degree, um, that we kind of see the Bible sometimes like it was written in a vacuum, like it kind of, you know, fell from the sky, you know, in the King James Version, leather bound version with red, you know, red, red ink and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we... We, I think we sometimes, you know, we correctly hopefully see that the narrative, the the story with within it, but it's a re- it's a real story, um, and it, it didn't happen in a vacuum. It, it happened within history, and that's something I usually talk about when I teach classes. Is that you know I always try to understand the history, the context from which the letters coming from, because that's probably the most important aspect of interpreting scripture is understanding the context um and he's in and this is a place where you know the jews are uh yes they might they might might be in palestine but they're they're under roman rule um in 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 the jewish sense there is it's not like it is it is here here in some some uh aspects but um there was no division between political and and religious ideals, uh, very much like what we would consider what we see in the Middle East is is the way it was here. Jews didn't have, uh, you know, their their religious ideals were bound up in, in in political ideas because it was a theocracy. I'm at least when before they went into exile. Um, but uh, so yeah, there's very real things that are happening here. So you said two things that kind of an end breaking into history and change. What what kind of change? And that's a question. What what kind of change? What's happening here? I kind of feel like it's like it is even today's time. I mean we're always looking for something something better and I think the people were like I mean we're like waiting for the day Jesus comes back. I mean Oh they definitely they, were I think yes. that, that was back then uh, as well that it was just like that it was something that was good that was coming it was giving them another option of what they were used to I guess okay. so what they had and so it was kind of I mean I think it continues on through history okay um with they were it gave them something to look forward to and something to work towards but gave them hope okay um, most definitely and and we'll, and I don't want to bore y'all with all the the history of it, but you know, by the time of Jesus, there had been several messiahs that had self-proclaimed messiahs that had come and and just didn't work out. Um, but but the Jewish hope, yes, had always had had always been because it's embedded within the the Hebrew story that God is, was, would deliver the the people. Uh, but again, we're still not we're still not there yet. And I'll 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 there's tell you a, what the answer is here in a minute. There's a sense of permanency, if you will. Okay. Way to use that term. It, 
this this is supposed to be last. This had longevity to it. Mm -hmm. This was be this would be permanent, whereas some of the things that had happened previously were not. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Now, whether they truly got a handle on that at this point, I right? Don't know. Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. I think uh, it talks about generation uh, unto all generations and stuff. I think this is almost the introduction of uh, it's not just for the Jews anymore. Okay. Yeah, all, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. All people. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, well, and we're going to get to that. That it'll get to that point. Yeah, definitely. I also think something interesting that I hadn't noticed before in this passage, um, a change in thinking from what you would think is normal. Yes. Jesus often come okay twisted. He he made people change their thinking, um, and when he says. He brought down rulers okay. and lifted the humble. That's a little opposite of what we think. And in the next verse where he says, he filled the hungry with good things and um, sent the rich away. Okay. Normally, in, you know, the, the haves are the ones who have. That, they're not, they're really important. You know? Yes. And so I think it's kind of the beginning of that change. In That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, there's a great, there's a, yeah, you get the, you get the, you know, I need a little sticker, star up here. Um, there's a great reversal coming with the, with the reign of God in, in Christ. And, and I'll, I'll probably, one of the lessons, maybe that, that, that fourth lesson will be about this, um, will be about, it is count, everything that Jesus does pretty much is, 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 is counter-cultural. It challenges the basic assumptions and um, ideas and hopes that societies generally and individuals have. The things we, we want, the things we hope for, the things we dream for. Jesus kind of flips it on its on its head and says, you know, that's that's not that's not what the kingdom of God is about. It's, it looks different than that. And, and for, for, for the start, what we see from here is, you know, could he not have just said, you know, hey, I'm going to take care of the needy. They're going to get fed, you know, um, going to take care of the humble. But, and we don't like to admit it, but there's a reason why Jesus puts it in there. He does talk about the rich. And, he do, and I don't want to turn this into in, anything um, political or anything like that, because I don't, I don't mix politics and religion. Um, it's just not my thing. Um, I think when you do that, you hurt both of them. But um, the 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 idea is is that it, again is that what we normally assume for culture is getting turned on its head. The the the, the rich people are going to go away hungry. The the needy are going to be fed. The powerful um, are going to be made. Uh, weak and the and the weak are going to be made powerful and so again this this kind of this great reversal if you will is coming uh, with that, with Jesus that part rule. of that verse and I may be wrong on this but I don't take it as he fed them mm -hmm. as much as he took care of other needs and uh, we we see so many times that when the poor and mm -hmm. uh, came in those were the ones that were ended up being more receptive. And how many times did we see a rich man walk away because yeah, right, he did yeah, not want exactly, to yeah, 
it, it, this was more important than yes. what Jesus had. And uh, that, that's how I, I've always taken this particular verse. Yeah. But I, I'm, I, I wouldn't argue no. if someone said that it was it's just physical needs. Uh, I, I take it as more as a spiritual Well, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have to be either or. And I'm glad you brought that up because we're going to talk about that if I have time. Because I'm already running short. Um, Don't shut up. No, no, I like this. This is more. This is more important. But, but the um, the I, I will challenge the idea later. And this isn't. I'm glad you brought that up because that's what part of this class is about. What I will challenge is this this kind of false dichotomy that we've created between spirituality and physical aspects because the reign of God is something that is manifested through the physical world and God loves creation he loves humankind so when when James says don't talk to me about your faith if you don't show it in words what what does he use as an example Y'all just we just had a class over it, so surely y'all discuss. What does he use as a, as the example? What's he say? Go ahead, Sam. No, I'm, I'm waiting to hear. <laughs> he, he, what, he, he's, he's, he says, "Don't you know?" I'm paraphrasing. Don't 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 pray for somebody who needs something and then not deliver the need. So this idea that 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 it's a, it's spiritual poverty, and I'm not saying that that's not true. So if you, when you look at, I think it's Matthew, when he talks about it, he leaves the 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 word he he leaves the word off about um, uh, uh, in his in his beatitudes uh, where it looks more like he's talking about spiritual needs. But but I think here that that and we'll see Jesus not for everybody, but you know he fed the five thousand. That wasn't just a magic trick to he 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 went around. Uh, fulfilling the needs, the physical needs of people, as well as the spiritual needs. And so again, I don't. I think that's part of why I wanted to do this class is to kind of show that we. I think we've gotten to a place where we almost look as though well, spiritual needs are here, but physical needs are here. And I don't see it that way at all. But he often did that so that. The people would be receptive. He did. Well, yes. He, yeah. You know. I guess you probably would be more receptive. More willing to. And, and we'll look to uh, have some more questions about you know why did Jesus heal and cure diseases, and we'll we'll look at it and, and if we get to that part at the end. So let me move on. Um, but good again. Good good thoughts. Um, uh, Luke sixty seven through seventy nine. That's chapter one. I'm not sure if I said that or not. And as Father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for He has visited, visited and redeemed His people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David. As He spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets from old, that he should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us 
that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation His people, to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we're running out of time. Uh, but just a few notes on, on this. Again, something great is breaking into human history at this point. That, that is what is being d- d- discussed. And, and one of those, one of the things I want to, I do want to address is that, that uh, he says that, uh, uh, that, let's see, where is it? Um, uh, sorry. Covenant. That, oh, he'll bring salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their, of their sins. We have to be careful not to, because we understand a lot of what Paul talks about, a lot of what Jesus, about reading things back into into what what we think you know Jewish thought was at the time. Uh, it's obvious from the scripture what 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 Zechariah is is saying is that Israel is going to you know the 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 redeemer of Israel is 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 coming, uh, or is or is here. God's God's new age is is coming where we'll be freed from our enemies. I do want to touch on this right quick, though. Why? What's the basic point, at least from this passage, of being freed from enemies? For what purpose? To what end? So that we might serve Him without yes. fear. Yes. What was the purpose when when our when Moses went before uh, Pharaoh, what was his what was his demand? So they could do what? So they could go worship. So they could go worship. So the the idea here is is that and and, and the idea about sin. Um, what did what did the forgiveness of sin mean to 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 a Hebrew in exile? It, it wasn't. I don't believe it was. It, it had when we talk about the dichotomy between spiritual and physical, that it had. A, I don't think it had that the, the the great spiritual overtones that that Christians look at it for for Hebrew. To what caused the Hebrews to go into exile? Why did why did why did God allow them to be overthrown? Because of their sin. So if so, if you're if you're being redeemed from your sin, what what's the logical? That you're going to return to it. That you're going to that that you're yeah you're you're going to be freed from your enemies, you return to the land, and you'll have freedom to to worship God. Um, let's move on. Um, chapter two, eight through fourteen. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of good joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to the God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Okay, that's probably my, one of my favorite passages in Scripture, um, and, and uh, Charlie Brown's um, as well. <laughs> so, um, so we can see here that, that again, no, no, no overt talk about the kingdom, but we see that you know, the ideas of the Lord, born in the city uh, of David, he's the Messiah or the, the anointed one um, is coming, and one thing I, I two things I, I, I failed to address when in um, in 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 uh, Mary's song, as it's often called, um, and in this passage is that the what is what is the purpose of God's God's uh, rule, at least to some extent. What what does the end look like? I'm, and I'm sorry, not Mary's song, but Zachariah's. I'll just go ahead and answer because I'm doing a lack of time. Peace. And, and we'll see Paul talk about that too. That He, he calls the good news the, the gospel of, of, of peace. And I don't have time to go through it, but from the beginning, you know, what, why, did, why did God destroy the earth? Not the earth, but why, why did He cause the flood? What was, what was the reason? Disobedience. What's that? Disobedience. Well, disobedience. What, but what? What kind of disobedience? Because it's very, it's very specific. He's very specific about saying what's happening that's caused him to make this decision. They had started to do evil all the time, and it's not just evil. Continue. Like, what was it that did in their hearts? Yes, he says that man in his his heart is yeah. Um, but he specifically talks about violence. He says he says the, the it's it, people are, are you know it, 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 paraphrasing, it, but but not I'm not paraphrasing about the word violence, um, and so there's always been hostility between people, hostility between God and people with regard to people rebelling, and hostility even between and we're gonna look at this next week when we look at the Jewish hopes hostility between creation. I would argue that prior to the to the flood that. That, that animals ate uh, herbivores. It's not until after the flood that 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 uh, God gives a command that they can go out and and, and uh, 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 even that man can can go out and uh, and and eat of meat. Um, and that's not I'm not vegan. I'm not <laughs> I'm not promoting anything like that. I'm just saying you read it, you look at it, and then you're like, oh, why why is that? Um, so that's, that's something interesting to, to look at. But again, I just want to note here that we're looking at at least one of the things that's coming is the idea of peace. And I would argue that that's what the whole scripture is about. Reconciliation. Reconciliation between God and man, between man and man, and, and, and creation. 
Um, and we'll talk about that next week too when we talk about the word shalom. Um, uh, but let's let's move on. Unless there are any thoughts. I don't want to miss anybody. Um, uh, Luke 4, uh, chapter, or verses 14 through 22. Go ahead, Mike. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he was anoint- has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are opposed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Okay, might just go on to um, verse 31 through 44. I didn't volunteer for all that. Well, <laughs> too bad. You're... And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. No, I'm sorry, 31 through 44. Oh. I'm cutting it out a little bit. So. 31 through 44. Yeah. And he went down to Pernium, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For the authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve him. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hand on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him, and would have kept, and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, "I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose." And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Okay. Maybe next week we can. I don't know if we we'll have enough time. But um, the, the rest of the verses I had were basically where Jesus went around doing the same thing. And the sentence at the end was, I must proclaim the kingdom of God. So, 
what at, uh, to this point, what is what is Jesus' mission or vocation? What's his purpose? He's healing and helping people. But it's always the needy or the... I mean, it's, you don't seem to do much for the rich. Well, yeah, that's a whole nother... That's true. That's a whole nother thing. A whole nother aspect. But but in, in, in plain English, what, what does it say his, his mission is? To proclaim the good news. To proclaim the good news of what? Of his father. Kingdom. Well, but what's it say? Of the kingdom of God. Yeah, I know you said vocation. I'd say a teacher at this point. Well, yeah, when you think about job, yeah, job, but but I'm, yeah, in terms of mission, uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it, I've I've come for this purpose to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, the reign. And I would I would suggest anytime you see the word kingdom of God. Matthew uses the term kingdom of heaven, and I think, again, that's one of the reasons why we, we, we see this, this idea, of, again, of, of, of heaven as being the, the uh, again, the apex of, of, of everything. And, I, and again, I don't have a problem with that as long as we understand correctly what heaven is about. But um, it's the reign of God. The good news is that God's reign is coming in the person of Jesus Christ. No talk yet about post-mortem bliss in another realm. I've come to proclaim the good news. And how is the good news manifested? Going back to what Susan and Marcia said. How, how, is, how, how is it described or manifested thus far? By by helping those by specifically speaking by by healing at this point and and exorcisms okay so this goes back to what you were talking about Brent at this point in scripture or in the narrative is there a dichotomy between spirituality and meeting people's physical needs. No. no, there's not, not at all. Not only is there not a dichotomy, he defines the kingdom of God not as a place, but as what I like to call kind of it's the sphere of God's rule and reign, wherever that might be. But it manifests itself in the power and authority to, and what would you call that when you give somebody back something that they don't have? That they had once. Well, that's a gift, yes. But what, but what do you, what, like, what's the definition of, of, of giving, you know, something back to somebody that, that, that they lost or don't have? Restoration. Rest, that, that's the word. Restoration. You get another. You get a start too. So restoration, and I'm running out of time. But again, I will say, from beginning to end in Scripture, my idea of Scripture is not. I hope I make it into heaven. It's the idea that the hope that 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 restoration will occur, not just for mankind, but for creation as a whole. What that looks like, I don't know. 
You know, I don't know what the new heavens and the new earth look like. But my point is, it's not this idea of, of human beings, you know, bodiless souls floating on clouds playing harps. Uh, I don't think that's what God is after at all. Um, it's, it's, again, for me, if you take the, Drew, the Jewish story, and it is a Jewish story all the way through to, to its end, um, it, it is about restoration, restoration of, of peace, um, restoration of, cor- of, of the corruption that sin has caused uh, mankind as well as creation. Remember what Isaiah says in Isaiah 11, I think, you know, um, the, uh, the, 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 the wolf will lay down, the lion will lay down with the lamb. Again, this idea that, that God is going to restore what sin has broken. And that involves some sense of a physical reality. How that changes when the resurrection occurs, again, I don't know. But I want to address, we'll continue to address the further idea of why it's important we see this because of that idea that we don't want to create a false dichotomy. That, well, this is more important than than this. Um, Would it be more important for me to go have a Bible study with the people that you guys fixed their roofs for yesterday. You know, that's a false dichotomy, meaning it doesn't have to be either or. What you guys did was a manifestation of the reign of God. And that's important that we understand that. Last thing I want to say is, I want to correct something that I said earlier. I, I, I'm not saying the Jews did not think that sin was a spiritual problem between them and God. I was talking about just in that one verse. It, it's, it's tied to, to exile. The idea meaning that, that with our sins forgiven, God will return um, to His temple. Um, the, it, you know, this is during the sec- second temple. Um, and and, and uh, that relationship would be restored. Obviously, if you've read any of the Psalms, the Jews are very concerned about uh, sin and how it affects a person's relationship with, with God. So I want to make that correction, so you don't think that I, I you know, that I, I uh, I'm saying that 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 the Israelites didn't see it as such, just in that scripture. Any thoughts or going forward? I never get done with what I. What's nice about not getting done is I'm halfway done with next week's lesson. So if I stay on this on this part of it. So, uh, but next week I'd like to talk more about the Jewish hope. Of, of, of what salvation looks like to, to them. And then in, in 4, 5, and 6, we'll, we'll look more about what the kingdom means to, to us. All right? All right, thanks.